Didn't do it, though. Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from the Voice of America. I'm Ashley Thompson. And I'm Dan Novak. This program is designed for English learners, so we speak a little slower and we use words and phrases especially written for people learning English. On today's program, John Russell has an update on the first patient to receive a brain chip from Neuralink. Brian Lynn presents this week's technology report. Finally, Andrew Smith and Jill Robbins bring us today's lesson of the day. But first, South Korea's biggest hospitals canceled medical procedures and turned away patients seeking emergency care on Wednesday. The moves came after thousands of trainee doctors walked off the job to protest a government plan to increase the number of people admitted to medical school. One hospital, the Asan Medical Center in Seoul, had a sign saying its emergency division was only taking heart attack cases. The emergency departments at four other major hospitals were also on red alert. That means they did not have room for more patients. It is so frustrating that the resident doctor's strike is happening now, the brother of a cancer patient told the newspaper Jungan Ilbo. He added that he and his brother had spent 10 hours looking for a hospital bed. The health ministry says 7,813 doctors have walked out of their jobs since protests began this week. The doctors object to a plan by the government to increase the number of medical students. The plan aims to bring more health workers to rural areas and meet the demands of one of the world's most quickly aging societies. The government wants to increase the number of medical students from 3,000 to 5,000 by the 2025 school year. It aims to add up to 10,000 more by 2035. The protesters, however, say South Korea has enough doctors. They say the government needs to improve the pay and working conditions of doctors before increasing the number of medical students. South Korea's population of 52 million had 2.6 doctors per 1,000 people in 2022. Those numbers are far below the average of 3.7 doctors per 1,000 people for developed countries in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Public opinion studies in South Korea show many Koreans support the government plan. Last week, a Gallup Korea study said about 76% of South Koreans back the government's plan to increase the number of medical students. 
One group taking part in the protest called the plan a political measure ahead of a general election in April. We couldn't just sit back and watch medical policies built only for the sake of winning the general election, the Korea Interns and Residents Association said in a statement. Local media said between one-third and half of scheduled surgeries at five major hospitals have been canceled due to the walkout. The protests have continued despite a government order for the doctors to return to work. Vice Health Minister Park Min-soo told reporters, The basic calling of medical professionals is to protect the health and lives of the people. And any group action that threatens that cannot be justified. Safety Minister Lee Sung-min later threatened the protest leaders with possible arrest. The police and the prosecutor's office will consult and take measures against any group or individuals who are leading collective action, including arrest and investigation, he said. The first human patient who received a brain chip from Neuralink appears to have fully recovered. The patient is able to control a computer mouse using their thoughts, Neuralink's founder Elon Musk said recently. In an event on social media service X, Musk said, Progress is good, and the patient seems to have made a full recovery with no ill effects that we are aware of. Patient is able to move a mouse around the screen by just thinking. Musk said Neuralink was now trying to get as many mouse button clicks as possible from the patient. Neuralink did not immediately reply to Reuters' request for further details. The company successfully implanted a chip in its first human patient last month after receiving approval for studying human volunteers in September. The study uses a robot to surgically place a brain-computer interface implant into an area of the brain that controls the intention to move, Neuralink has said. The company added that the goal is to enable people to control a computer cursor or keyboard using their thoughts. Musk has big hopes for Neuralink. He has suggested its chip devices could help treat conditions like obesity, autism, depression, and schizophrenia. Neuralink, which was valued at about $5 billion last year, has faced repeated calls for careful study of its safety rules and processes. Last month, the company got a fine for breaking U.S. Department of Transportation rules regarding the movement of hazardous materials. I'm John Russell.
new study found that a majority of retired people who experienced virtual reality, VR, said they liked using the technology. The study is part of an effort that aims to find ways older adults, known as seniors, can use VR systems. Earlier research has shown the technology can improve emotional health and reduce loneliness in some individuals. It might also help dementia patients better deal with their condition. During the study, VR systems were introduced in 17 different retirement communities across the United States. A total of 245 people between the ages of 65 and 103 took part in the experiment. The seniors chose from different VR environments. Offering digital experiences that lasted several minutes, they wore headsets providing a full 360 degrees of sights and sounds to recreate realistic digital environments. Examples of the digital experiences included parachuting, riding in vehicles, watching music performances, playing with animals. Or visiting famous places, the experiments were led by researchers at Stanford University in Northern California. The scientists worked on the project with a Texas-based company called Mind Immersive, which designs VR products for aging people. The researchers said nearly 80 percent of those taking part in the experiment reported that their emotional state had improved after the VR experience. Nearly 60 percent of the seniors said the VR system also helped them feel less isolated socially. The team recently published the study results in the publication *Cyber Psychology, Behavior, and Social Networking*. The study also collected information from caregivers of people involved in the study. Nearly 75 percent of caregivers said the moods of the seniors improved after using VR. And more than 80% of test subjects and 95% of caregivers said talking about the VR experience improved relationships with others. Ryan Moore is a doctoral candidate at Stanford University who led the research. He told the Associated Press that for most of the seniors involved. It was their first time using VR. They enjoyed it, Moore said. He added they were likely to recommend it to others, and they looked forward to doing it again. Farrell Patrick is a 91-year-old retired Army officer who took part in the VR experiment. 
He used to teach computer science at the United States Military Academy at West Point, and two private universities as well. Patrick now lives in a retirement community in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Patrick experienced the VR flight of a Navy fighter pilot along the coast of Florida. Oh my God, that's beautiful! He told the AP while wearing the VR headset. Terry Colley is a former public relations director at the Canadian Embassy in Washington D.C. The 76-year-old told the AP of his 2022 VR experience. It brought back memories of my travels and brought back memories of my experience growing up on a farm. Anne Selby is a 79-year-old retired counselor and artist. She said her VR experience stimulated every area of her brain, as well as all the senses. I particularly enjoyed the ones dealing with pets, because I have a cat and I've had pets most of my life, Selby said. The Florida community where Pharrell Patrick lives, John Knox Village, has carried out VR experiments with seniors suffering from Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. The researchers said the technology helped the individuals remember things from their past that some wanted to share with their caregivers. Hannah Salem, a worker at John Knox, told the AP, "It is like they come back to life when they tell their story." She added that some dementia patients who normally do not speak a lot sometimes perk up after going through a VR experience. They'll start laughing and saying, "Ooh, I'm going to catch the butterflies," Salem explained. The catching of butterflies is part of a game Mind Immersive developed to help seniors improve their movements and flexibility as they stand and reach for objects. I'm Brian Lynn. Joins me now to talk more about his technology report. Hi, Brian. Thanks for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. This week, your report was about new research showing how virtual reality systems can have good benefits for older people. We heard a lot about the positive results, but were there also things about the experiences the seniors did not like? Yes, this particular study centered very much on the positive effects of the VR testing in retirement homes across the U.S.、Um, really, the only negative reactions reported were linked to the VR equipment itself.、Uh, for example, some found the headset too heavy, while others felt it gave off too much heat. Um, and some people also experienced some stomach sickness using the VR. 
Um, but these are honestly issues experienced by many using VR for the first time, and people do tend to get more used to the systems uh, over time. And did the story note any differences among age groups in the seniors who took part in these experiments? So the researchers did say that generally seniors in their 80s and 90s uh, seem to enjoy the experiments less uh, than those in their 70s. And in questioning people, they found some users sometimes felt physical limitations uh, in their range of motion. So since VR offers full 360-degree experiences, individuals move their necks around a lot and can also be making extended movements with their arms and hands. So the team is working on adjustments to try to address these issues and improve the overall comfort of the systems uh, for future experiments. Okay, thanks again for joining me, Brian, and thank you for that report. You're welcome. Thank you. VOA Learning English has launched a new program for children. It is called Let's Learn English with Anna. The new course aims to teach children American English through asking and answering questions and experiencing fun situations. For more information, visit our website, learningenglish.voanews.com. means it's time for the lesson of the day on the Learning English podcast. My name is Andrew Smith, and I'm joined by Dr. Jill Robbins. Hi, Jill. Hi, Andrew. Our lesson is based on our video series, Let's Learn English. The series shows Ana Mateo in her work and life in Washington, D.C. Here's Ana introducing herself. Hello, my name is Anna Mateo. Lesson 26 of Level 2 of this series is about lookalikes. Lookalikes are two people who look very similar. But just because two people look alike doesn't mean they act alike. To act alike means to behave in the same way as another person. In today's lesson, you will hear many adjectives to describe two very different kinds of people. Lesson 26 also repeats some expressions and grammar from previous lessons in the series. Let's listen to Pete and Penelope tell Anna about her look-alike. Yesterday at work, I met a woman who looks just like you. Really? Wait, are you making fun of me? Not this time. She's tall and has curly hair, but even her face looks like yours. I think she's a career consultant. I bet she has a lot of great advice. I can't wait to meet her. Yes, you can. I met her, and she is very difficult. Pete, she's just new. We have to give her a chance. What's her name? 
Evelina or something like that. You can't miss her. She always wears a hat. So, Anna, have you met the new consultant yet? No, but I've already heard. We look alike, don't we? Yeah, but you don't act alike. You're much nicer than she is. Maybe she gets nervous at new jobs. Or maybe she's shy. Let's not judge, Penelope. As usual, Anna tries to be very positive and helpful. Pete, she's just new. We have to give her a chance. To give someone a chance means to give them time and opportunities to do well or do good things. Now, let's see what happens when Anna meets her lookalike. This is going to be so much fun. Boy, I can't wait to play this game. How much longer are you going to be? We'll just be a minute. You must be Evelana. I'm Anna. We are lookalikes. No, we're not. And my name is pronounced Evelana. Oh, this is going to be fun. You had better hurry up. I need this room for a lecture. It's called, If You Want to Win, Others Must Lose. What is all this stuff, anyway? It's a game. We're going to play at lunch. It's a stupid child's game. <laughs> it's a fun game. But, yes, it is for children. Well, you may be childish, but I'm not. And you look stupid with that thing on your head. Oh, yeah? Well, you look serious with that look on your face. Come on, Pete. Let's go play somewhere else. Evelana sounds like a terrible person. She really does. For one thing, she is not polite. Instead of asking nicely, she warns Anna and Pete that they need to finish their game quickly. You had better hurry up. I need this room for a lecture. It's called, If You Want to Win, Others Must Lose. As we explained in a recent podcast, the expression had better gives advice in a strong way, almost like a warning. I think of a mother using this expression often. Yes, or maybe uh, maybe a teacher uh, occasionally. Yes, you'd better do such and such. Also, Evil Anna says that Anna is childish. Childish has a negative connotation. A connotation is the feeling that people connect to a word. To be childish means not having good judgment or good control of one's emotions. So it's not a nice thing to say to an adult. However, there is another word, childlike, which has a more positive connotation. That word refers to the good aspects of childhood such as being curious, open, innocent, and other qualities. I'm Jill Robbins, and you're listening to the Lesson of the Day on the Learning English Podcast. Earlier, Andrew mentioned that Lesson 26 of Level 2 has grammar that we explained in previous lessons. Listen again to Penelope and Anna, and see if you know what verb tense they use in this exchange. So, Anna, 
Have you met the new consultant yet? No, but I've already heard. Did you hear the present perfect tense? Penelope said, Have you met? And Anna said, I've already heard. That tense connects past actions to the present situation. Now let's find out more about Evelana. Penelope and Anna are playing a game, and Pete asks to join them. Penelope notices that Pete has a dark circle around his left eye. Hey, do you guys have room for one more? Sure, Pete. Come on over. What happened to your eye? Evil Anna accidentally hit me. <gasps> and she didn't even say sorry. She's so mean. <laughs> I told you so. Here, Pete, put on this headband. You'll feel better. Penelope, you're right. Evil Lana is an awful person. And violent. And now we have to work with her. Haven't you heard? She's gone. She was given another assignment. In the end, Evil Anna's new job is collecting garbage outside the office. I guess it doesn't pay to be a mean person. You are correct. Now, let's talk about more adjectives you can use to describe a good person and a bad person. Anna used the word awful when describing Evil Anna. Penelope, you're right. Evil Anna is an awful person. Awful just means very bad. Terrible means the same thing. We can also say that Evilana is unkind, self-centered, mean, and thoughtless. Thoughtless means Evilana does not think or care about how her actions might hurt other people. And thoughtful is the opposite of thoughtless. A thoughtful person, like you, Jill, tries to think about what other people need and tries not to hurt their feelings. Hey, I just follow the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. I think that's good advice. Other words to describe nice people include the adjectives caring, generous, cooperative, kind, sweet, and considerate. Considerate means you take other people's needs and feelings into consideration. In other words, it means the same thing as thoughtful. So, just like I can say Jill is thoughtful, I can say that Jill is considerate. And you are too, Andrew. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I try to be uh, most of the time. <laughs> Let's remind our listeners what they can find on our website. Yes, let's do that. Each lesson of the Let's Learn English series has a lesson plan you can download for free. The plans can be helpful for both students and teachers. And remember that you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening to the lesson of the day on the Learning English Podcast. I'm Jill Robbins. And I'm Andrew Smith.
that's our program for today. Join us again tomorrow to keep learning English through stories from around the world. I'm Ashley Thompson, and I'm Dan Novak. 